Hello and welcome back to a Heartstopper fan podcast. A proper full-on gay crisis Yay. with me, David. And me, Kate. It's so nice to be back. Nice to see you, David. How are it you? It's nice to be back. It's been such a long time, I couldn't even remember what the name of the podcast was. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like pausing expectantly there. I was like, are you waiting for me to jump in? Do you want me to finish yeah. the name of the podcast? <laughs> oh, yes, it's all very exciting. It's been a long time. I feel like we had a really good break, but mm-hmm. I am now well ready to start getting excited for season two and talking about Heartstopper non-stop again. Yeah, I, I was ready for the break. Like, I think I was starting to get a bit Heartstoppered out. Like, it was... <gasps> never. I know, I never thought I'd say it. It's, it's <laughs> so fab to, to talk about it and to go into the detail that we did. But um, mm. but we did yeah, go I... into a lot of detail. <laughs> yeah, and there sort of comes a point where it becomes... You sort of take some of the the magic and the enjoyment out of it, don't you? When you're spending so much time pouring over it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I feel like my enthusiasm has been renewed. Yay. I feel like I'm excited for season two. We've already had a little clip, haven't we? We have already had a little clip of scene one. What did you think mm-hmm. so far? So I loved that it very much felt like Heartstopper World. Mm-hmm. That optimism, that glow... Um, there were obviously um, many kind of things that we recognised from season one, yeah. sort of the, going through the corridors, the messaging, mm-hmm. hi, hi, all of that. Um, the music, suppose, the tone, yes, the, the colours. Yeah, yeah, it was. It had the feel of a classic episode, but all the excitement of it being new and not knowing what's coming. It's great. Exactly, yeah. I suppose the cynic in me... Um, was a bit, a little bit like, oh, do I want this whole season to be that sort of teenage, constantly texting each other, can't leave each other alone for a single second kind of relationship, or do I want them to kind of get past that fairly swiftly and start, um, you know, exploring a slightly deeper side of that? I understand yeah. that, that is the reality of I a teenage. Mean... Re- um, yeah. romance isn't it but they were so good in the first series about um expressing their emotions more mm. maturely and um really articulating how they were feeling yeah so i think if, if they were to be reduced for, for the whole series for that kind of then i think i would get annoyed with it really quickly but yeah i don't, I don't think, think that's going to be the case no from what i've read of like interviews with alice talking about what's coming it sounds like well they were warning that it's going to be darker than season yeah, one and not yeah. to you know not for people to get lured in with season one being really bright and jolly and and then being surprised that this is a lot darker so I think there's going to be elements of the, yes, it's a new teenage romance and they're going to text each other and be all cute about it, but there's going to be a lot of uh, darker themes as well. Yes, so maybe, yeah, I'm sure yeah, there Maybe will. the texting stuff was like extra bouncy to kind of try and counterbalance what's coming. Yeah give you further to fall yeah oh no yeah. <laughs> oh god as if but, the yeah. first season wasn't a roller coaster enough i know what were your impressions oh the same i just thought it was really fun really familiar it felt really cozy and like comfortable it was like ah 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it's back. It's just as good. It's still got all the elements coming together that I loved, like the perfect staging, the colours. I was already starting to like unpick all the little details and you can already see the love that's been poured into it and I think yeah. that's what makes the show so special, isn't it? So I think mm-hmm. it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Definitely. And a lot more acknowledgement for the show since we last spoke. They've won at least three more awards. I've kind of I stopped know. keeping count. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and sort of many more nominations as mm-hmm. well. I think it's really sort of gained ground, hasn't it? And, yeah, which is um, amazing. You wouldn't have thought that it could kind of go any higher than that initial peak mm. after it was first released. But the fact that it's continued to gain awards throughout a whole year really yeah. shows like the quality of the show doesn't it yeah and seeing um like the cast popping up at pride events around the world mm-hmm. you know it just really sees how it is or how it has spread yeah and has become really a, a global phenomenon yeah and speaking of pride events we've seen mm-hmm. on uh netflix and alice Oseman have released on instagram today and a lot of cast members have uh shared in their stories that there's going to be a big surprise at Pride in London, which is this weekend coming for us, but you're listening to this in the future, so it'll be in the past for you, so you'll already know what the surprise is, but we're yeah. very excited, and we're yes. hoping and assuming trailer, so mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Very exciting stuff. Um, but today we're here to talk about volume two of the graphic novels. We are. Um, we talked... In, in a lot of depth about <laughs> volume one. We've... Much more than I thought we would go yeah. into, to be honest. But that's kind of typical for me. I'm, I'm not very good at yeah. <laughs> summarising. Yeah. Not known for my brevity. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think, you know, there were some really interesting discussions and we talked a lot about um, the way that the, the medium of the graphic novel... Mm-hmm. Um, represents some of the emotions and some of the thoughts going through the head Mm -hmm. and the way that the framing on the page kind of guides your reading and um so we we talked quite a lot about that sort of thing didn't we yes so we're gonna try and be more concise about this one aren't we we've decided we're gonna try and blast through i'm probably still gonna ramble you're still gonna end up doing a lot of editing i apologize in (laughs) advance (laughs) but yeah i do think a lot of the same things um apply to this one. Oh, definitely. Um, I've, I've just had a, a flick through it before we um, we met, and um, I think I was struck in this volume how quickly Nick and Charlie get into a sort of comfortable space mm. of kissing and cuddling when they're alone. Yes. Um, there's obviously lots of parallels um with the TV show mm-hmm. about kind of when they're out and about and they're they're obviously more reserved about that. I don't know. I felt like they were more open in school in the graphic novel as well. Like, they definitely did not bother trying to hide that they were being flirty at school in the graphic novel from what I saw. Not as much. but And certainly when they're at each other's houses, mm. um, they're kissing on the sofa and they're rolling about and they get um walked in on by both of charlie's siblings um and it it, they they just seem to fall into that much much more 
quickly yeah um, and we don't seem to get that side of it so much from the tv show no um, which was interesting i thought i think the tv show yeah it's just it goes into a lot more depth of the other characters as well mm-hmm. and it kind of stretches the story and gives it more depth i think the graphic novel gives a really good it's a really good quick read isn't it it draws you along with the story and it keeps it moving at a quite a a speedy pace um Mm -hmm. whereas i feel like the tv show it's still got a good pace but it it gives you more time to like dig a little deeper possibly yes um and yeah i think i think that is the biggest difference isn't it um Mm. particularly with tara and darcy and l and tau um they appear quite a bit more in Volume 2 than they did in Volume yeah. 1. But they're always there as a way of moving the story forward for Nick and Charlie mm-hmm. rather than having their own plot. Exactly. Although Tau and Elle's kind of possible romance is explicitly mentioned in the oh, comic, yeah. which it wasn't in the TV series, was it? Yeah, no, it's right there, isn't it? It's like, oh, this is um, Ellen Tao, and um, they like each other, but they don't know it yet. Kind of like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Straight away, yeah. yeah. Just lays it all out. So, um, yeah, probably it was a very different experience for people watching the TV series who'd already read about that, Yeah, I imagine. What, what are your thoughts on Alid? Oh, well, this is the other thing that's happened since we last met is that I mm-hmm. have spent a lot of time reading quite a few of Alice Oseman's other novels. Right. So I have recently, well, yes, just finished reading um, Radio Silence, mm-hmm. which very heavily features Alid Last as one of the main characters. And I love him, but also I'm wondering if the reason why he was cut out of the Heartstopper story for the TV series is because maybe Radio Silence could be its own series. Okay. Because I wasn't sure how the Alid that I got to know in Radio Silence fit with the Alid being Nick and Charlie's friend in this. Right. So is Radio Silence Alid's story? Well, the whole story is told from the point of view of Frances, who is the lead character. Um, and she and Alid become really, really good friends throughout the book. And that's kind of the main story, is how their friendship develops and how their individual personalities develop over mm-hmm. time, I suppose. Um, and how they get more comfortable with being their authentic selves right Um, through their friendship with each other it's very good yeah i highly recommend um but none of the other characters from the heartstopper universe are mentioned in that book right fair enough yeah because sort of he he fills the same sort of slot in the friendship group as isaac Isaac, doesn't he very much um but yeah there's, there was obviously a conscious reason to change the character exactly and that's the only reason i can think of is like if you're still gonna have isaac then why not just have alid and now mm. that i've read radio silence i think the reason is because he's gonna have his own story 
Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. I hope because that would yeah. be a good series as well. <laughs> but he seems he seems very sweet, and he picks up very quickly on um, Charlie and Nick's um, relationship, and he makes a couple of comments on it, which I think mirrors kind of um, Isaac walking in on them in the locker room. Yeah, but it, it, it happens at the. Um, at the bowling alley in, instead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so while we're talking about other characters, I suppose it makes sense to talk about Tara and Darcy. Oh yes, they get a lot more uh, screen time, page time. Yeah, in this I book. mean it's still it's still not loads. Not as much as the TV series. <laughs> she she appears with her clarinet. Yes, and yeah. that was slightly different than the order that things went in the TV series as well, wasn't it? Because uh, Nick only meets Darcy for the first time once he's already told Tara that he's mm-hmm. dating Charlie She and then Darcy just kind of appears and doesn't get the same kind of getting to know you period with Nick whereas in the TV series it's more like they're getting to know each other as a group Yeah and the conversation that takes place in this volume is sort of split mm-hmm. over two episodes in the TV show isn't it because yeah. they have the first bit of the conversation where they kind of come out to each other mm-hmm. um, in um, well actually no sorry no, Tara well, comes, Tara out, comes to out to Nick at, at the party, party doesn't yeah. she yes um, and then they have the rest of that conversation then um, before the concert the rehearsal room, yes don't they? which is the same place that it happens in the comic yeah and it feels slightly unnatural here that Tara sort of appears out of nowhere and they have this very frank conversation straight away with no small talk whatsoever. It's just like straight to the point. But again, it's here to further the story. Exactly. And I think that's just the style of the story in the comic book. It's very like to the point because it's moving along at a pace. They haven't really got time for like five whole pages of them having a chit chat about like oh haven't seen you for ages no how's your dog like it must have taken alice so much time to draw all these individual frames oh yeah i can understand why (laughs) they've decided to just get to the point definitely um but i I quite liked that little flashback to when they were younger oh Um, yeah that's missing from the the tv show yeah um, but her reaction on page 425, yeah. um, when he tells her, and she like clasps her hand over her face, clutching the clarinet. Uh, I love that little still. <laughs> yeah. There's so many great like facial expressions in this book. I think a lot of the notes I wrote were like, um, page 271, Nick's messages, 272, Charlie's face. Um, yeah. Oh, God, there's loads, loads. Tori's face, Ollie's face. Oh, what was my favourite one? Oh, th- page 358. I need to find it again. I've just written eyes. Um, oh, yeah. Nick's eyes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's in the locker room um, after Charlie injures himself. Yeah. And they go for a cold compress. Mm-hmm. Again, a little bit different than the TV series and a lot more... Yeah. Yeah, Nick seeming a lot more comfortable a lot more quickly in the comics. Yes. I think the TV show did a more realistic job of him coming to terms with his sexuality and working things out. Yeah, because even the sort of the question over his bisexuality, Mm -hmm. 
happens very early on here. Yeah. Um, in this volume, um, obviously, we start with Charlie waking up the morning after the kiss at the party. Yeah. Um, Nick arriving at the door. All of that happens very much as it does in the um, in the TV show. Mm-hmm. But then after they have that conversation with the proper full-on gay crisis, they go and they have a cup of tea and they're booping each other in the kitchen in front of Tori. And then they sit in the conservatory for a conversation and Nick asks about when Charlie knew he was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, Which in the TV series, that comes much later, doesn't it? Yes, it does, yeah. And so they already start having the conversation about bisexuality um, then. So all of that seems to happen much, mm. much quicker. Yeah, but again, I think it suits the style of the comic. It doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel forced or anything. It it does still flow very nicely and it does still feel, you know, I was going to say realistic, but it is a comic. But, you know, yeah. it feels natural. I know what you mean. To the story. Yeah. And I, I, do, I love Ollie bursting in and whispering <laughs> in Charlie's ears. Were you and Nick kissing? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I saw your lips touching. <laughs> I know. I wonder why they decided to cut Ollie out of the TV series because yeah. there's no real reason to that I can see. No, no, I, I can't Unless, see one yet. But I suppose, I suppose just... it was just to give more time for developing the other side character stories. That's so it, then they didn't it? have as much time for Ollie, who doesn't really have his own story as such. He was no. just quite cute. Yeah. Um, so just just one more point on on Tara and Darcy. Mm-hmm. Um, that as a little appendix we get. <laughs> oh yes. Their mini comic of the practice room when they sort of they first met and they get locked in. Uh, um, and I love this bit. It's great because it you really get their. You get the measure of their characters mm-hmm. very quickly, um, with Darcy bursting in with a trumpet, and um, Tara's obviously quite upset about being locked in, and she's uptight, and she doesn't quite know what to make of Darcy because she's loud and um, she's uh, forgetful and a bit scatty, um, but. After sort of sitting in silence for a while, um, they kind of warm to each other and um, sort of realise that actually maybe the reason that they don't know how they feel about each other is because their feelings are feelings that they haven't experienced hmm. before. Yeah. And again, it to capture that whole development in their relationship over the course of a couple of pages is mm-hmm. quite impressive, really. Because again... It is quick, but it doesn't feel rushed. And mm-hmm. it's believable that somehow Tara goes from <laughs> completely ignoring Darcy and refusing to speak to her to, oh, okay, well, let's just lie on the floor and <laughs> make out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> within yeah. a couple of pages, which it shouldn't yeah. work, but it does. It's, it it does, is lovely. Yeah. yeah. And I like <laughs> that they get their flowers all around the uh, around the frames when they do kiss. Yeah. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Uh, oh, and um, Darcy's little confused face, and they're like, what just happened? The end, yeah. question mark. <laughs> and that reminds me of when uh, Darcy was introduced to Nick and was like, oh, don't worry, it took Tara kissing me like 12 times or something to figure out that <laughs> she was gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice, nice little bonus feature there that we didn't get at all in the 
TV show. That yes. oh, the other bit part of the comic where I noticed there were a couple of things that were noticeably different mm-hmm. um, was Charlie's birthday party, and I kept going back and forth between oh, I preferred the comics on this, oh, I preferred the TV show on that for pretty much the entire section. So on page three six eight. Um, Mm -hmm. when Charlie's asking Nick to come to his birthday party, I thought, ah, I know how this bit goes. It's almost exactly the same as the TV show, like frame for frame exactly the same, or you barely got me time to get you a present, all the cute smiles. Um, I really like the way that when Nick arrives, he looks really unsure, and Charlie's the Mm -hmm. one who's like welcoming him in. And the, like the roles have reversed a bit. Like Charlie's the more confident one, um, and then I like that they introduce the side characters with um, Charlie's little speech bubbles one by one, like mm-hmm. as if they're entering in a musical or something. You can just imagine them having the spotlight put on them, and being like, "That's yeah. Tao. <laughs> He's now going to do a short dance montage." <laughs> um, and then. Yeah, which bits did I like the same and which bits did I like better in the um, TV series? Oh, yes, I thought the bathroom scene when um, Tao and Charlie are discussing um, why Tao's worried about his relationship with Nick, I think I preferred it in the comics because I think it flows better without the addition of Imogen. I agree, and I felt that Tao came across as softer in that conversation. Yes. Um, More I think... relatable and understandable that he was just, you know, concerned for Charlie getting hurt as a friend. Yeah, and I think we get that much more explicit. I was there, I know what they said, mm-hmm. I don't want, I could, there was nothing that I could do to help and I felt mm. awful about that and I don't want that to happen again. Whereas that didn't come across in the same way no. in the TV show. It was more just like he was telling him off and being like, you're yeah. stupid, you don't see Nick for what he is. Um, yeah. But in this one, yeah, he's a lot more likeable, isn't he? And then when they come out of the toilets at the end, you know... He gives Charlie a little smile and says, oh, go on and meet him then. Whereas in the TV series, he says, oh, go and meet him then. I think the words are almost the same, but the facial expression is so different. And the delivery is so different that, um, yeah, it just makes Tao a lot more likeable in the comic. And I think, yeah, yeah, it's just nicer. Um, Yeah. But I did prefer, in the TV series, the um, strongly worded DM. Because in here, when they're coming out of the toilets, it's like, oh, oh, if he hints that he might be a dick, yeah, you'll report him to our head of house. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the strongly worded DM is a better line, I agree. Yeah. Um, So I missed that. Um, And I preferred the hug afterwards on the tv as well there was a lot more made of it wasn't there oh uh, yeah with the um spinny... the circle things yeah, wasn't that yes. one of our heartstopper moments it was one of our heartstopper yeah. moments yeah whereas in here i yeah. feel like you could flick past it and it's not really as much of a moment in itself no but it's it's still a nice scene isn't it it's and still it's, nice um, yeah it's just some lovely conversation between them yeah oh and they um yeah, the very, very obvious flirtation between Tao and Elle is obviously different. And the yeah. fact that um, Charlie and Nick get this bit of time after everyone else has left. 
when Nick gives Charlie his present. Yeah, I think they do. They do have. They obviously have that time, don't they, in the TV show? But I think the others have just gone off to the different arcades, haven't they? Yeah. So yeah. And they're still around. Yeah. But I quite like yeah. the way they did the kiss in this one, where they're kind of like hiding behind the menu in the mm. in the cafe in the bowling alley. It feels a bit yeah. more believable. I don't know. When I saw them kiss in the TV series, it was lovely. But I thought, considering Nick was so worried about anyone seeing them anywhere yeah. else and like jumped out of the way when Charlie tried to kiss him in the park, he's then going in for a kiss in the middle of an arcade. Yeah. Whereas this, where they were just hiding behind the menu and, like, holding hands under the table, that felt relatable. I've definitely held yeah. hands under a pile of coats on <laughs> yeah, before yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I like that. I preferred this. Mm-hmm. So I went back and forth with that one. The, the other sort of main difference, really, um, was kind of in the last section of the book mm-hmm. um we we have obviously the scene where they go to the cinema with the other rugby lads mm-hmm. um ben's not there ah. but H- harry is um and we we have the scene where harry is asking charlie all about what it's like to be gay and does he like musicals etc etc um and then of course nick and harry's fight afterwards yes which which all sort of follows yeah almost exactly it does flow almost exactly the same and i think if it had the added thing of ben and charlie's conversation afterwards in it as well it wouldn't have flowed as easily no and then we get yeah we get a a very similar conversation with his mum in, in the car um but then what we kind of miss is the sort of the aftermath of that, which the TV show does kind of draw out into a whole episode, really, where the fallout from Nick losing his friends um, Mm. and um, Charlie feeling really bad, and that all becomes um, much more of of an issue between them in the TV show, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, And they have this whole sort of not sure if we should be together anymore. Mm. This isn't going to work. Whereas actually in this, um, they've got a, bit of a sort of really texting. nice long text conversation, don't they? Yeah. Where they discuss... and there is a lot more of that in the in the novel, isn't there? We get a lot more insight into what they're messaging to each other. Absolutely. But then it kind of goes pretty much straight from that into, do you want to go on a date? Yeah. <laughs> and then they go straight to the beach. <laughs> oh yeah, and again, it doesn't feel rushed. It makes sense in the form no. of the comic, but I like yeah. that the TV series gave more time for Alice to like flesh that out a bit. Yeah, I think that worked really well mm-hmm. to give us that sort of sense of drama, I suppose. And I suppose in the context of... I mean, if you think about any plot, mm-hmm. you have to have um, moments of setting the scene, you have to have moments of conflict and then you know you would always expect towards the end of a series or towards the end of a a film or towards the end of a book to be the the biggest point of conflict wouldn't you Mm. um and in the context of the television show obviously it made sense to flesh out that moment and to give us that um that tension between them 
but here it's it's volume one of a uh, two of four so mm. we're not at that point of climax yet they had the fight i suppose that was like the point of conflict wasn't it yeah but, but in plot point terms that's a skirmish not a kind of final <laughs> conflict um if that Did makes you do sense english like literature <laughs> no um should have done yeah um but yeah it's 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 Mm -hmm. sort of a it's not the culmination is it Mm -hmm. of um of tension yet because we've still got two more books to go Mm. so i feel like the the placing of it it kind of dictates that if that may i've rambled a bit there but it does um the other thing i was going to mention that i noticed Mm. was um on page four one five oh also, I don't think we ever mentioned, love the way the page numbers just carry on from book one. Uh, no, I hadn't even noticed that. I thought, blimey, there's a lot of pages in this book. <laughs> <laughs> when we were talking about 400 and something, I was like, gosh, I got through those quickly. I think it's because it was a webcomic first. Yeah, yeah. And then it just got divided up into novels. Um, on page 415, there is a high achievers year 10 list on the wall behind yes. Nick. And Alid, Last, and Charlie Spring, or Charles Spring, are both on there. I did notice that. I just <clears> thought <throat> that tells you a lot about the kind of characters they are. And also was kind of weirdly the first time that I'd made the connection fully that Alid in this book was Alid Last. Right. Who was yeah. the same one that I'd read Mm-hmm. about in Radio Silence because they're not completely different characters. Alid Last is described as being quiet at school and stuff like that but yeah, I just hadn't quite made the connection because none of yeah. the other characters are in Radio Silence. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the, the things that I really enjoyed about the novel is because I think we mentioned last time that a lot of the sketches have a very um, sort of ethereal quality, like mm. they've been, you know, they, they're they drawn quite roughly, but in that way that sort of catch, captures the energy and the movement. Exactly. But then you get these little pockets of such detail. Yeah. And um, when there is detail, it's there for a reason. Like, yeah. it's very intentional. Mm-hmm. Like... Alice does not bother with background detail where it is not needed. If the focus is just on the two characters having a conversation, like I'm just flicked open to um, Charlie and Tara's conversation in the bathroom again, and the, literally the bathroom behind them is like three rectangles for sinks and mm-hmm. a soap dispenser, and none of them are like fully in focus. It's all just kind of sketched quickly as if it's just blurring into the background. Yeah. Um. And a lot of the um, panels don't even have a background at all. They're just fully shaded in. uh, And the focus is just on the characters' faces. So I think that's really cleverly done as well. Again, to Mm -hmm. not distract you too much looking into all the details of each um, frame, but just to keep your eye moving across the page and keep the story flowing. And I love how they add the little um, words as well, like to show movement like open for opening the door and shut when the automatic door shuts behind nick and you can just feel the the whole thing whenever yeah whenever tori is anywhere (laughs) (laughs) because she's constantly sipping 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favourite part of this book? A favourite frame or a favourite scene? Um, I really liked the conversation in the conservatory that didn't happen in the TV show. Mm. I like that they had that really intense emotional moment of Nick having his proper full-on gay crisis Mm -hmm. and Charlie thinking that it was all his fault and he was sorry that the kiss had happened and they have that outpouring and then they just um they just come down and they just have a cup of tea and they just (laughs) fill up together and they just talk and I just think that's such an important part of a relationship isn't it because Mm -hmm. you will have moments where you're just in tears on each other and it's tough but to then just be able to just sit and cuddle and just sometimes just have a little giggle or not even say anything Mm -hmm. but that's just such an important part of of regulating isn't it and yeah yeah. so I I liked that scene a lot and I think just because I wasn't expecting it Mm, because it was so different Mm -hmm. yeah I think I'm gonna pick my favorite is one that was also in the tv series so Mm -hmm. favorite bit that was the same um is the char bit in the cinema um and how it shows how embarrassed nick gets and how like charlie's teasing him and there's a lot more detail in their facial expressions in these frames and it really kind of focuses in on it just being them together yeah in amongst that kind of difficult situation and i think the balance of like yeah, even when things are difficult and you're in an awkward place and there's, like, mm-hmm. people around you being dickheads, you can still just have, like, a nice time together. Yeah, definitely. I like that that was all still in there. And I like the way it was captured in comic form with Nick's little rosy cheeks <laughs> and his yeah. expression when he's uh, <laughs> shocked at himself that, uh, <laughs> that he's just slipped out. Mm. It's very good. I think my favourite sort of page of drawings mm-hmm. um, is uh, we haven't really talked about it because we did we did talk a lot about this moment in the TV series, mm. but it's the moment where Harry says he's a pathetic little fag, mm-hmm. and Nick then sees red, um, and I love the way that the frame kind of shatters into fragments, and it's like that word was the bullet. But yeah, just the way that it just shatters into those pieces and then those pieces just continue to fall onto the next page, getting smaller Mm. and smaller. And you just sort of see the reflection of the fight going on in those little pieces. And then we just cut back to rectangles where it's in the car and Mm. it's just beautifully thought out. It's just real. I think that's just a really, really effective use of the medium. Yeah. That's all I had to say on that. (laughs) It really is. Like, just, I can't imagine anyone making more use of a comic strip and how the the way that the speech bubbles are placed. I feel like there's, I might be reading more into it than there is, but I feel like there's very intentional whether the speech bubbles are actually, like, a part of the frame and connected to the person who's speaking them or separate. Um, like on page 362 Mm. um, when Charlie and Nick are chatting in the park about 
what he thinks he might be bisexual um but i'm still not sure is completely separate and not attached to anything it's just kind of floating on its own at the bottom of the page and i think it's again the rhythm and the timing it just makes you pause over that sentence and give it the weight that it deserves and the consideration it deserves and yeah, like... and even just the choice of like the the body parts that are focused in on, mm. so just the way their hands are touching, it, it would be very easy to just go face to face, face to face, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? But you're just drawn into those little yeah. gestures and those little touches, and yeah, and um... the way that one of the frames is just the view of Nelly standing yeah. facing away from them. So is that Nick's eyeline? Is he looking away from Charlie mm. at that point? looking towards Nellie, then looking back at Charlie, then touching hands, like that kind of looking or glancing around all over the place. It gives you that feeling of uncertainty and kind of nervousness because it's a serious conversation. Yeah, it's just a masterclass. And I would not be surprised if they are using this in, like, art classes and... yeah. Uh, you know graphic design classes for years to come because it's it's incredible yeah yeah so that, that was very much a whistle stop tour of, of volume two but um yeah where's volume two get up to what's the final pitch oh yes the beach it gets up to the same point as the tv series doesn't it but yeah and all of that last scene is is like pretty much bang on and, and the coming out mm. scene as well with the mum is, is is all very very similar to how it plays out in the yeah. in the show obviously we don't have that kind of montage at the end and we don't have the uh, amazing Olivia Coleman I mean as cute as Nick's mum is drawn in the comics I think Olivia Coleman takes that scene to new yeah, heights yeah. but we have sort of we have mention of Nick's brother, which just mm. brings us into the last page, and I think that's obviously going to be a bit of a hint as to what might might be coming. Um, yeah. <laughs> but again, like we're we're halfway through the the books, yes. whereas we're in a very you know we're at the end of a series, mm. so it, they have to be tied up in different ways, don't they? And yeah, so... they do. I just chuckled. Sorry, not at you, but just because I just noticed the speech bubble on the last page just after Nick and his mum's really emotional chat and they've just had a lovely hug and they're like how much they love each other the comment that he still can't come to Menorca even though he's your boyfriend (laughs) yeah 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 that Uh, made me laugh as well (laughs) lovely really really lovely and I like all these little extras at the end the casual clothes smart clothes yeah, um, the, the diary, diary entries. entries. Yeah, they're they're all great. Character they just give you profiles. A, an extra insight, don't they? Mm. Well, I mean, I feel a bit bad for Elle and Alid and Darcy because their character profiles are like, "Who are you, Charlie's friend?" or "Who are you, <laughs> Tara's girlfriend?" I'm like, okay, well, I've, I feel like their characters are far more well-rounded than that. Yeah, <laughs> they don't only define themselves by their <laughs> friends, but. Uh, I think it was a space thing by the looks of it. Yeah, and I think uh, as we've met them so far, that's what we know about them, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, gain more, won't we, as we go along? Mm. Ooh, I just spotted the um, Also by Alice Oseman page at the end about her other books. 
that's reminded me that I've also read I Was Born For This and that was also excellent. But that is about a completely different set of characters with absolutely no crossover whatsoever. So another one that would probably be great as a TV series, but I need them to finish Heartstopper as a TV series first. Yeah, yeah. And I've just noticed on the back... um... The um, one of the endorsements, absolutely delightful, sweet, romantic, kind, beautifully paced. I love this book by Rainbow Rowell, who is the author of my favourite book of all time, Carry On. Oh, I have never heard of Carry On. Ah, oh, Carry On's brilliant. Is it You'd love Carry On. Okay. It's um, sort of Harry Potter spoof. Right. Um, but like also at the centre of it has this sort of gay love story between our chosen one, Simon Snow, and um, his vampire roommate Baz. Um, And it's just brilliant. It's so funny and it's brilliantly written. But I'm not here to sell that book. But if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. If, like me, you're coming to the end of the entire Alice Oseman catalogue and need some more queer love stories, that sounds like a good one. I'll put that next on the list. It has all that's good about Harry Potter but is in a wonderfully diverse mm. and um, accepting world. Well, that no does so sound that. like it can only be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, and the other thing I just noticed as well was um, the dates are slightly different because Harry's birthday is noted mm. as April the 17th right. in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harry's party in the TV show was on March the 20th, the Sunday the 21st, that um, Charlie checked his phone the next morning. Does that make like, much difference? No. Just, <laughs> the, but they obviously made a conscious decision in the show to show us the date, Sunday the 21st of March, mm. which is a month different. Yeah. So that they obviously made a, ah. a, a decision to change the date. To make it but, a month earlier, to give them more time between why. that yeah. and summer to fit in Maybe. a bit more story. Yeah. Because Don't this, know. it jumps pretty much straight from Harry's party to the beach, doesn't it? Um, whereas the uh, TV series has got a lot more in between. It does have a bit more in between, yeah. Mm. But, um, but yeah, that was just an interesting thing that I noticed. Again, like a conscious decision, but with sort of yeah you wonder whether there was a reason behind it for moving mm-hmm. that date but yeah because it's about the only time we get a, a sense of the timeline in the tv show mm. is that date appearing as all of the other points are quite Vague. fluid mm-hmm. yeah whereas obviously we get much more sense of dates and how many weeks have passed and in the in the novel it's quite explicit mm. yeah i love them both to be fair. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't a criticism, it was just a... No, yeah. But I was just thinking overall how to sum up the book. And I think it's got bits that are very similar. And you, mm-hmm. you can tell that they've really like taken bits from the comic and directly translated it into TV. It's got bits that are very different. And overall, I don't know, I just, I'm just constantly amazed by how they've managed to strike that balance of capturing the feeling of the novel but without it having to be exactly the same yeah uh, i i never thought i'd enjoy 
the graphic novels. No, I didn't. I put off reading them for ages because I thought, yeah. ah, it's never going to be as good. But I, I really enjoyed but them. But it is. I thought they were yeah. just brilliant. I'm really amazed. <laughs> yeah, me too. And really enjoyable in a totally different way. I feel like the graphic novel never made me cry in the way that no. the TV show did. It never made me gasp out loud in the way the TV show did. But it did have that same comforting kind of cosy feeling. Yeah. Just realised yet another thing that I forgot to mention. Um, the birds. The birds. The birds. We mentioned them in the first even book. notice them because <gasps> I was so drawn in with the story. Well, yeah. on one of the very first pages just after um, Charlie's diary entry... The two birds um, yeah. are kissing <laughs> Yeah. at the beginning of the chapter called Kiss. Um, page 367. Ah, yes, there they are, floating next to each other. And they're, they're there again at other points too. Yeah, it's another example of, the, of one of those just beautiful little details that didn't have to be there. No. But... If you notice them, it do, it just adds that extra layer, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. And they're there again at the end, on the beach, just mm. after Charlie says, now we're going to tell people. And the speech bubble, talking about positioning of speech bubbles and how important that is at times, the speech bubble of Nick saying, yeah, is in the frame with the two birds flying off together. And that is lovely. But yeah, the plan is uh, now that we are going to um, do one more episode before mm. the start of season two. Yes. Um, which will be kind of a looking forward to yes. episode. And kind of hopefully a mini reviewing the trailer, assuming that it's going to be released. Yep. Um, and we can talk about <clears throat> our hopes and um, and some of our maybe fears for mm. for the series. Yes, because um, obviously we still haven't read any further ahead in the graphic no. novels. We have just got up to date with volume two. So we would like you to write in and let us know your hopes and fears and expectations of season two. But no major spoilers, please, if you can help it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we'll we'll be discussing those before we start. Um, and it's really not long now, is it? No, it's really yeah. not long. So do get in touch. Um, you can email us, um, heartstopperfanpodcast at gmail.com or you can um, message us on Instagram um, at heartstopperfanpodcast or you can send us a voice note if you want to tell us out loud your um, hopes, fears, dreams, expectations uh, for the next series by going to our anchor page, which you can find the link to in the bio of our Instagram as well. Yes, um, and I think the link's also on Spotify, isn't it? That you can oh, go is it? Through. Fabulous. Um, yeah, and obviously we do try and include as many as your comments as always, mm -hmm. um, but we do apologise if we miss any. Um, but um, we, we keep them coming in. <laughs> yeah, do keep writing them. because we do. And love even to if hear we them. listen to them after the after we've recorded the episode that they're meant for, we, we still, still love, love to hear, to them. hear them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and we will still chat heart stuff all day long with you. Um, 
also need to say a big thank you, don't we, to all the people who have um, followed us on Instagram and Spotify since we released our last episode. We have had a quite a little spike of new followers, so welcome. And um, thank you to everyone who's taken the time to rate us on Spotify. That really, really helps. Yeah, it makes a big difference in, in helping people to find us and to help the podcast to grow. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, and it's just really lovely, all the support and all the messages from people and the conversations we've got to have with people all over the world who love Heartstopper as obsessively as we do. It's fantastic. So we look forward to much more of that in the coming months for season two. So join us in a few weeks for our prep for season two episode um and we'll uh, we'll soon be on the journey